you're representing yourself in a lawsuit, and now you're at the point where you're wondering, does making a settlement demand weaken your case and your position? Stick around. Hi, and thanks for joining me for this episode of Legal Q&A. This is utlradio.com, your business success and legal information station, and I am your host, Peter Lamont. Well, we're talking today about settlement. Does making a settlement demand or approaching the other side and saying, hey, let's talk about settlement, weaken your case or your position? We're going to get into that in just one second, but I'd like to Thank today's sponsor, Destiny for Isogenics.com, and let you listen to this. Visit the website, Destiny for Isogenics.com. Feeling a little sluggish? Not yourself. Feeling overweight? Tired? One possible solution is to visit Destiny for Isogenics.com for products and solutions that may suit your particular needs. Watch the free videos and see how others are transforming with some life changing results. Could this be for you? If so, you might also share your results with others and actually begin building a business that can possibly help solve debt problems, retirement concerns, and a host of other income-related worries. Choose just the healthy solutions or choose the financial solutions. Or choose both after viewing the videos at destiny4.isagenix.com. That's destiny, the number 4.isagenix.com. Or call 732-298-6010 to discuss this one-of-a-kind, possibly life-changing opportunity. Once again, that's destiny4.isagenix.com or call 732-298-6010 today. All right, so... When you are involved in a lawsuit, you know, one of those things you've got to think about is settlement because, well, why? Why? Why do I have to think about settlement? That's what some of you might be asking. Well, I'm going to tell you. You see, the reason that so many cases, and I'm talking about a high 95 to 98% of all cases that are ever filed in the United States settle. Why? Why is it that we're not seeing more trials? Well, I'm going to tell you it's based upon the uncertainty factor, as I like to call it. So when you file a lawsuit, for the most part, you're going to have, you know, in in most civil litigation matters, you're going to have a jury trial. There are certainly plenty of times when you're going to have a bench trial, meaning there's no jury and a judge decides the issue, but it doesn't matter one way or the other. The issue focuses on uncertainty. You see, you can go through a case and you can present all sorts of evidence and you can disclose documents and request documents and discovery and then you get to that, that day, your big day in court. Here you are, right? And you have no idea what a jury is going to do when they see you present your case. Do they like you? I mean, are they even listening to what you're saying? Do they even care? And you're saying, well, wait a minute, that's not how the jury should be. That's not how the justice system works. Well, I'm not talking about Matlock. I'm talking about reality. And here's the reality of it. When you're dealing with people on a jury, I guarantee you 90% of those people don't want to be there. They would rather be doing anything than sitting on a jury. Okay. There's always that one person out there and, and that person, this is the best thing that has 
ever happen to them. They are so excited to be on jury duty. They finally have this power. They're super duper hyped and they will end up generally being the foreman of the jury. And they're the ones whose influence is is felt most often throughout the rest of the jury. Because if that person believes that this case should go one way and the other people don't care one way or the other, they just want to go home, they're going to just do whatever the strongest personality suggests. Now, I'm not saying that that's how every single trial is, every single jury, but what I'm pointing out is that the reason you would want to consider settling a case is because of the uncertainty factor. When you approach the other side, let's say you're the plaintiff in the case, and it doesn't have to be a personal injury case, obviously, it can be any case, a business dispute, a contract dispute. When you're the plaintiff, and you make a settlement demand, and you know that you can settle the case for $25,000. That is money in your hand. You know that you have $25,000. Whereas if you go to trial, and let's say your demand at trial is $50,000, but you're going to try that case, a jury could look at you and not like you or not believe you or not like your argument or your expert and end up giving you nothing. So that's why you would consider settling. Now I want to talk about actual settlement negotiations. All right, so I had a question that came up today, and the question focused this, uh, focused on the idea of approaching the other side and suggesting to them that you might be interested in settling. So this particular caller was a plaintiff in a case, and it was uh, getting close to trial, and she wanted to know whether she should attempt to reach out to the other side and try to settle the case. But her hesitation was that, hey, if I do that, if I reach out to the other side, they are going to know that maybe I don't believe in my case. And they're going to use that settlement against me, aren't they? Well, I want to talk about that. First, here is the general rule, and then I'm going to get into some of the details. General rule is that settlement negotiations, discussions about settlement are generally not admissible at trial to prove or disprove the validity of the amount that is disputed in the claim. Okay, so in plain English, that means that if I have a case and I originally in my complaint say, hey, you owe me $100,000. And as the case progresses, I'm dealing with fears of uncertainty. I know I've got some issues with my case. Maybe a witness's testimony wasn't that great. So now I'm thinking, well, you know what? I wanted 100, but I would be really kind of happy if I could just get $40,000 because I I know that $40,000 makes me whole. That's what I'm going to shoot for. And so you engage in settlement discussions with the other side. You call them up or you write them a letter and you say, look, I want to you know, consider the possibility of settling this case. Will your client agree to at least discuss it? And let's say the attorney says, sure, make me a demand. And you come back and you say, all right, I want, um, I'm going to drop my demand from $100,000 to $50,000. Now, you know you really want $40,000. you are going to say fifty. You're going to do a little game playing, right? A little strategy. And they come back and they say, Nope, not going to happen. We're not going to give you that. We're going to give you $5,000, this complete lowball offer. And you say, all right, I can't take that. And then the settlement negotiations fall through. Now, when you go to trial, can you go back to that judge and can you look to try to recover $100,000? Or 
Or is the fact that you already told them that you would accept the 50, is that, does that lock you in? Or what about the fact that you know, you're willing to accept the 50? Does that mean that your claim isn't as strong? Can they present that argument at trial? Hey, you know what? Something's not right with the plaintiff's case because they went from $100,000 to $50,000 in their demand. That shows that this case does not have the merit that the plaintiff originally claimed. Can they do that? Answer is no. Now, most states, just about every state, if not every state, has their own rules of evidence, but most of them mirror or mimic the federal rules of civil procedure. So that's what I'm going to refer to. So federal rule 408, compromise offers and negotiations. It says evidence of the following is not admissible on behalf of any party, either to prove or disprove the validity of the amount of a disputed claim or to impeach by a prior inconsistent statement or a contradiction. And then it goes on and it lists all these things about settlement negotiations furnishing, promising, or offering, or accepting, promising to accept, or offering to accept a valuable consideration in compromising or attempting to compromise the claim. Basically, any settlement negotiation you make is, for the most part, safe. Let's, let's call it safe. Now, there is an exception. Let's highlight the exception. The court, according to Rule 408, may admit this evidence for other purposes, such as proving a witness's bias or prejudice, negating a contention of undue delay, or proving an effort to obstruct a criminal investigation. These are very, very narrow exceptions. And it's not often that you're going to find an attorney who tries to say, hey, look, here's what they um, were going to settle for, and that should be introduced into evidence at trial. Very limited circumstances does that happen remember the exceptions that i just read to you from rule 408 Um, it goes back to proving a witness's bias or prejudice negating a contention of undue delay or proving an effort to obstruct a criminal investigation or prosecution this is not i think even the top three percent of the circumstances where you're going to see settlement negotiations being addressed at a trial I think that it's safe to say the majority of you need to know that if you're handling a case by yourself and you are concerned about how a settlement offer can be used against you, I would say don't worry because unless you fall into one of those exceptions, are you trying to obstruct a criminal investigation or prosecution? Probably not. Are you going to uh, be causing... Uh, undue delay or you're going to be making a, a contention of undue delay? Probably not. So the practical element, the practical reality of what we're talking about here is if you engage in settlement negotiations, 98% of the time, 99% of the time, that negotiation is not admissible at trial to prove or disprove the validity of the disputed claim. It is simply an attempt by both parties to try to resolve the issue and settle the claim and move on. Okay, so what do you learn from this? Don't be afraid to go out and try to settle your case. All right, there are times when you just have no choice. You're going to have to try your case. 
You're going to have to take it to trial because the other side won't give you a reasonable settlement um, you know, offer. But understand the power of settlement. It's money in your hand. It's not something you have to hope you get. The element of uncertainty is taken out of it. And don't be concerned because Rule 408 of the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure say that the negotiations or the settlement discussions can't be used to prove the claim. That's basically what it comes down to. So on the converse, the flip side of that, if you're a defendant in a case and the plaintiff says to you, hey, uh, I'd like $100,000, and you go back and you say, I'll give you twenty five, you don't have to worry that your decision to offer $25,000 as a defendant is going to prove that you did something wrong in the case. It's not. It's not admissible. All it proves is that you were attempting to settle the case. And it's nothing that's going to come back and bite you, uh, of course, unless you fall into one of those limited scope exceptions. If you want more information about this, you can look up the federal rules of evidence that are there available online. You just type in federal rule of evidence, rule 408, and you can read the um, advisory committee notes and any of the annotations that are online, it gives you a greater, uh, more in-depth explanation of the evidence rules. But for most of you out there, all you want to know is, if you try to settle a case, is any of that admissible at trial? And the answer is no. Now, keep in mind one thing. If you were to start settling a case with somebody, and you say to them, look, I'm a, let's say you're the defendant, right? You're a defendant contractor in a case and you know you screwed up the job. You don't want to say to somebody in a settlement negotiations, hey, look, I know that I suck. I know I screwed up this job. It was totally my fault. And there's really you know, nothing that anybody else did except for me. So I want to settle the case. Well, you know, there's an argument to be made there. And on top of that, even if your statements aren't necessarily admissible, but you know, I would certainly try to argue that that wasn't made necessarily in connection in connection with a settlement negotiation. That was a voluntary statement or admission that you made. But have some some common sense. Don't admit something. You know, when you're talking in terms of settlement and and you feel compelled at all to mention liability, everything should be in hypotheticals. Well, let's say that um, you know this happens or that happens. But primarily what you need to understand is that liability in settlement discussions doesn't always need to come into play because when you settle a case, you're not really concerned about liability. You know, you're not going to be blaming somebody when you settle the case. As a matter of fact, most settlement agreements will contain some language that says, A, Here's a mutual release. We, we both release each other from any claims and hold harmless. And B, it says clearly in the settlement agreement that any settlement that's, that, that's, that's um, sort of uh, confirmed in this agreement is not an admission of liability. It says that in 99.9% of all settlement agreements. Okay? So that's what happens. You know, that's, that's the deal here. Um, the answer to the question that we received today is exactly what I said. Don't be afraid to try to settle a case. Don't be foolish and admit all kinds of wrongdoing in your settlement negotiations. 
but you know the the basic general rule rule four of the federal rules of, of uh, civil uh, of evidence I should say I think I might have said federal rules of civil procedure I meant federal rules of evidence so um, if I did say civil procedure which I'm pretty certain I did I'm talking about 408 of the federal rules of evidence I apologize sometimes I get so excited about this and worked up I just talk before I think but that's what I'm talking about the federal rules of evidence. All right, that is going to do it. That answers today's question. Don't be afraid to settle. And you know, if you have more questions about settling, send them in because there's some strategy that you can use with respect to how you approach a settlement, how you talk to somebody when you're talking about settling a claim, what you should and shouldn't do. And we can talk about that in other episodes or in a video or in a blog post. So let me know that this is something you're interested in and we'll produce more content concerning just that. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I want to thank you all for sticking with us for as many years as you have. Um, I certainly appreciate your support, and I hope that you had an opportunity this January 2016 to check out the brand new utlradio.com website. Uh, We've received a lot of positive feedback, and I, I want to make sure that all of you out there are aware of the fact that the site is recently revamped. I'm not talking about updated. I'm talking about revamped. It looks great. I'm very excited about it. I hope you are too. Um, I think it's easy to use, easy to see what's there, uh, all the resources that are available. So check that out if you haven't. And you know, make sure that you use the resources available to you through utlradio.com to answer your legal and business questions, to find help, to find guidance and support. You know, sometimes when you're representing yourself, you feel completely alone and totally at a disadvantage. Don't let that happen. There's no need to. That's why we do utlradio.com. Before we sign off, I just want to thank uh, today's sponsor and encourage you to check out their site at destiny for dot isogenics.com that's destiny the number four dot i-s-a-g-e-n-i-x.com there'll be a link to their site in the show notes thanks to them for sponsoring today's show please remember to tune in and subscribe to both the podcast if you've not done so already so you're notified of new uh, episodes but please also subscribe to the youtube channel and you know i i really really would hope that Um, you would pass this information along, share it, let people out there know about this wonderful resource, utlradio.com, share it with your friends, your family and colleagues, and let them know about utlradio.com, your business success and legal information station. I'll see you next time. An ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's what, man. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.